Welcome to the 17th episode of the Endurance Asia podcast and this week we've got Alessandro Sherpa, uh, an Italian who is living in uh, Malaysia and Singapore, flips between the two and has really taken the um, the Asia trail scene uh, by storm over the last couple of years. He, he won the Asia Trail Masters competition um, in 2018 and has had a few injuries this year but has still podiumed a few races um, but just a phenomenal phenomenal runner like one of the uh, the top ultra runners in, in in the APAC region right now and really enjoyed uh, enjoyed the chat and getting to know his his background and um, and just how he's like managed to burst on the scene and become like one of the one of the top ultra runners um we cover a, a lot about um not just his background but uh but how he thinks about his uh, his training programs nutrition and um and like uh, how he arranges his his race calendar and uh, and fits in all of the um all of the races across the apac region um i hope you enjoy the show um rick and i uh connect at the end of the podcast um and uh yeah discuss what's going on in the scene so um with that here is alessandro sherpa that's a truthful story if they ever ask stop the complaining because things ain't that bad Hey, Alessandro, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast. Hi, thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's exciting to have you come and join us. You're, um, you're traveling through Singapore, so uh, um, I was pleased to sort of like catch you while you're in town for work, um, juggling your, um, your crazy, business, crazy business schedule as well as like cramming your running in at the same time. Yeah, actually I'm a resident here, so I should live here uh, but i'm spending a lot of time in uh, kuala lumpur uh, for business reason and for running reason as well i really i didn't realize that so you are actually officially like yeah. resident employed yeah. in singapore but you're um yeah you're you spend a lot of your time sort of traveling uh, yeah we I, I opened an office uh, maybe one year and a half ago in kl so since that time uh, we are expanding faster in kl for many reasons and uh, yeah, as I said, even for a training reason, uh, I stay there. I have more option to run in the jungle, get elevation and so on. So yeah, I spend a lot of time in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, so I, I was, um, I've been following you for, for quite, well, for the last couple of years, really. Do you sort of like absolutely smashed onto the scene with the Asia Trail Masters last year? Um, and yeah, I, I was just like, Whoa, where did this dude come from? And uh, and so actually, that that's a good place to start. Like, where do you come from? What's your background? Where did, where did you grow up? Well, uh, I was born in uh, Italy, in the north of Italy. So in between lakes and pine trees. Uh, so I came from the mountain uh, between Milano and Verona. And um, I'm 34 years old this year. And uh, I was born in a very uh, sport 
oriented family and healthy family. That means uh, my parents are both doctor and uh, we grew up. Uh, my my hometown is like 20 minutes drive from the ski resort. Yeah. So we were like uh, skiing for uh, six months per year. Now we are even suffering the um, warming uh, climate zone. So uh, the timing, the months of snow is getting uh, um, shorter and shorter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I spent uh, uh, a lot of time uh, on the mountains. Uh, and then when I was uh, 14, I started with mountain biking uh, to compete in competition. And uh, uh, I ride for till uh, 22 years old. Uh, in national level competition of uh, mountain biking. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Till uh, then I start to work. So it was really difficult uh, to, to train. It takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. And also was, you know, the um, not uh, top, not professional level was quite a dirty environment at the time. I mean, uh, when you say dirty, do you mean in terms of polluted yeah. and so yeah. on? So there was something that uh, um, I didn't like, so I decided to quit the mountain biking, and uh, I started to focus uh, on uh, my career, on my job, and uh, before the job, the, u the university, and so on. Yeah. Till uh, the 2016, when I moved to to Singapore. When I moved to Singapore, uh, you know, for me, it was like a new start. So with all the, the, the problem that uh, involve like a new life, new place and so on. And immediately I felt the need to do something is not running, but uh, I immediately went to a bike shop. Uh, yeah. I asked for uh, how was the um, racing scenario in, uh, in Asia and about mountain biking was not so uh, interesting or there were not so many races as I was used to um to do in italy so somehow i didn't have a bike at the time so i started to run to jog yeah. uh, around singapore around marina bay sands just after office hour to unwind and just to uh, take my time and yeah from there uh, slowly i increased the mileage until get to into ultra world yeah that's fascinating so um, I've, I mean, I've been to Verona. That's where, like, I've been like where you have the opera, the outdoor, yeah. and then I've been to Murano as well, which is um, uh, it's kind of like a bit Austrian, isn't it? As well as like it's so on the border of Austria, and yeah, yeah. close to. So like some of the influence around. Yeah, they even speak German and so on. It's a very nice place because uh, it's like a special region, and they really take care of the environment, the mountain, and so on. They. Yeah. Um, used to cycling around as much more than in my city. I'm yeah. from Brescia, so Brescia, Brescia is okay. yeah between Milano there is Bergamo and Brescia are two industrial yeah. city. Uh, we are quite famous for the steel making, so there are a lot of steel mill and so on. Uh, but we are really in the industrial uh, uh, cities, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So you would spend the, the winter skiing yeah. and then summer mountain biking. Um, yeah. on the, and you say you sort of like pretty much gave up mountain biking when you went to university, like around yeah. 22 or so? Yeah, and correct, correct. So you actually, in those eight years from like going to university to or like eight or nine, you came to Singapore and you were like 31 or so? Yeah. So you're like 
pretty much didn't really do much sport in those in those yeah, years. Actually, or? as many ultra runner, I was I step into like uh, drinking, clubbing, this <laughs> kind of life, yeah. and um, especially because my family was quite strict and old school, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and I was a really rebel guy, so um, yeah, I spend a lot of time, uh, a lot of nights out, um, but somehow. I survived and then I start to, I mean, when I start to see my, let's say, life target or um, career targets, then I start to, to, to change and, uh, and that was easier to, to, to grow and to evolve and yeah, and so I start to approach a, a more stable life. Yeah, yeah. But in those formative years, so you were national level. You were like actually mountain biking in the national uh, the national team at that yeah, stage. Yeah, 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 I was running in the uh, national championship. So we have is similar to let's say uh, Asia Trail Master here. So you have a lot of race to choose. Yeah. And uh, basically every weekend you have races and you get point yeah. in every race. And at the end there is like a champion and whatever. But I was not performing very well because uh, as I said uh, I think there was many factor and uh, um, yeah there was a lot of drugs in this uh, level for uh, for several years and uh, and also the time for training uh, um, that required cycling was a lot so yeah and it's all cross-country it was like cross-country yeah, yeah like mainly short short races like 45 kilometers races yeah uh, but very very technical. yeah very technical very steep races and uh, so it was good actually is where i the first time i felt the competition and uh, i really like to compete and even in my running i have i think a different approach of many ultra runners maybe because i'm still let's say young compared to other my colleagues but uh, uh, you know when i'm out uh, running an ultra i really want to compete i really want to to get to the podium yeah. then there are i mean it depends there are some days i finish my race because i wanted to finish so uh, even uh, if uh, when i faced some uh, problems some technical issue uh, i finish because i wanted to get to step uh, on the finish line but other times for me uh, you know when you step into the surviving mode uh, and you just like uh, some people want to finish just because they want to finish because they are proud to uh, I don't want to give up yeah. I have a different approach many times so I just say okay now it's time to go uh, to the hotel and uh, uh, also because of my business I have to think every time I have to think about Monday morning the office yeah. uh, luckily I don't have family I don't have uh, uh, children so I'm quite in between uh, my business and the running uh, environment so yeah it depends i think uh, from race to race uh, and even from the mood of that day uh, yeah. yeah yeah so um when you what was the first you arrived in you arrived in singapore you wanted to look at the um doing a bit of mountain biking realized that it was pretty limited around around here so um you threw on your runners started doing a run around marina bay sands and running after work what was the what was the first race you you did the first yeah. trail race do you remember 
So I moved in June 2016 here and uh, then after five, six months I moved to Penang in the north of Malaysia yeah. because I was following a big project uh, over there uh, for work and there is where I start to run uh, actually with a group of Chinese guys I was running Hash Yes. so these Hash are like uh, <coughs> uh, the, is a group of runners who once a week they um, set up like a, a small race, like 10 kilometer, and they put paper. Uh, and they map around. out a route, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They run and then they, there is like a third time where they drink and so on. Yeah. So basically at that time, uh, one of my business partner was part of this uh, Penang Rainforest Hash. And um, I wanted to expand my business network. And he told me, oh, if you join us uh, running, there, uh, we have a lot of business people, a lot of uh, business owner. So I joined the first time and that is where I start to run into the rainforest, into the jungle. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was so scared about snake and about <laughs> monkeys and whatever. And these guys, they just run like a uh, bare chest without t-shirt. Uh, they take bath in the waterfall. And I was even scared about, you know, the dengue and all this kind of uh, uh, stuff. But I start to run with them till uh, middle, uh, the summer of 2017, when uh, I registered to the first uh, 28 kilometer in, uh, in Kuala Lumpur, 28 kilometer run. And uh, I registered, I ran and I got like dehydrated, like I like speed for the first 10K. And then after 10K, I was like that, I cannot finish. I think I walked from 10 to 30 to 28 kilometer to the finish line. And uh, there were like 60 years old guy who were like running in front of me and so on. <laughs> so after that, I say, no, okay, I, I need a plan. So I contacted one guy actually, um, him Heng Fat, is uh, a quite uh, well-known uh, ultra runner back to back from Malaysia. And I asked him to train, but he say, hey, I'm a runner, I'm not a trainer. So he refused to train me and I start to watch like a uh, YouTube video uh, about what I need, like the basic for start ultra running. And uh, in like two months, I start to run every day, start to understand uh, what is uh, nutrition and uh, what I need for run an ultra uh, a long distance. And I registered to the TMBT 2017. So it was ah. September, 2017, yeah. 100K, like, without having no idea about what was running 100K. And, um, and that year, for some reason, I won the race. So it's like, uh, um, because I trained for like two months, like was my main focus was training. So every, especially night after office, I was spending maybe uh, two, three hours per day. So I was really consistent, really focused. And uh, so I think my body also was like, a virgin body so uh, I really pick up the running and uh, I went straight away to the TMBT and uh, somehow I ran this 100k in uh, 13 hours wow. and, uh, and I won the race and then from there everything started because I start to pick up race every weekend yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's quite a few people that TMBT, The Most Beautiful Thing, was actually one of their first races. Like Abby, who we had in the podcast, yeah. that was his first 
100k you did as well so um interesting that that was the one that got you hooked it is a great race as well isn't it um and so you so at that point what was the longest distance you'd run was it just like a train like only in training i suppose you hadn't been over 50 that was it the 28k so before that the mbt i never ran more than 30k even in training yeah yeah it was like just okay let's try and yeah the performance was quite good and um and i was feeling really well like okay some people told me like uh, oh you are talented so there is something you have yeah yeah and uh, i don't know so uh, from there uh, i just say okay i like it so maybe i can uh, commit myself i can improve i can make a plan and uh, from there i think after two weeks i registered to another race and another race and from uh, january 2018 that it was just last year actually uh, so from january 2018 i start to race in uh, asia trail master championship yeah. but after one month and a half so in uh, ultra trail kochang in uh, february 2018 i sprained badly sprained my ankle and uh, i had to stop for two months and at that time I was just uh, uh, made sign an agreement with uh, one Italian brand of running Dynafit and uh, so I don't know I was like okay probably wrong something or I was just thinking that was too easy and uh, so I had to stop for uh, a couple of months and then I came back and uh, I start to race again till uh, the end of 2018 when I won the, the championship in Japan. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. So you went from September 2017, you'd never run longer than like 30K yeah, in training. Exactly. And then, because obviously the TMBT is part of the Asia Trail Masters as well. So that year, 2017, was not. Ah, oh, it only started from 2018. Yeah, correct. Got you, okay. I think 20, this year was the, oh, was was this year back. the first yeah, one, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so um, that year 2018, you kicked it off, you got injured early on in the year. So then, because as part of Asia Trail Masters, you have to do five races and to, and your top performance in each one of those five races um, contributes to your overall score for the, for the year, right? Yeah, correct. So that year, uh, actually, the, the tight battle was in the second part of the season because there was one Spanish guy who was sponsored by one Spanish brand, uh, Salva Rambla. Uh, he arrived uh, maybe in June. So as soon as I came back into, the, into racing, uh, he arrived from Spain and he, his target was to race every, every competition in between uh, june and december to get the title and he was winning here and there um till he i, I won uh, pinangiko 100 against john ellis that is when uh, actually i start to uh, promote and cooperate with uh, t8 yeah and uh, so i won some races and then at the end of the season i had basically the same point of uh, of salva rambla the spanish guy and um, we fight for the last race in uh, uh, izu japan yeah. uh, wonderful races 75k very runnable and uh, somehow i like arrive i finish in front of him so i got the crown of asia trail master championship yeah that's yeah. amazing that yeah. must and considering that was your 
your first year of like racing yeah, exactly. ultra like did you surprise yourself yeah of course um it was all uh, learning by doing for me so i mean i made so many mistakes fortunately um i'm quite good in get information from the surrounding and fortunately uh, the trail running community is just awesome uh, different yeah. from even biking if i can say yeah. so yeah i mean jerry chua is also someone who support and uh, share uh, all the secrets uh, so i really study uh, in details how you can let's say being an outlier so try to um, to do more than everyone else or uh, try to uh, use every single uh, little factor every details to 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 get to the to the to win and uh, yeah i had a wonderful year in terms of uh, uh, running performances and also you know every race was a new place for me every person i met was a new person yeah so i really had i mean even my facebook connection and so on was increasing people from uh, i mean now if i go to indonesia thailand philippines uh, in the running community i can go and run with everyone and uh, it's really cool this is something that really um fulfill yeah. myself my soul yeah. i bet that's amazing I, i've got like a i, I want to dig a little bit deeper on a few things there you were saying that in that first year you made so many mistakes like what would you say that your um your top three mistakes you made during that first year and what were your and then on, on top of that, what the other like three biggest learnings that you had uh, like or the three biggest learnings you got from other people whether it be jerry or whoever else it was but yeah firstly what were the, what were the three biggest mistakes that you made during that first year yeah the first uh, mistake maybe is uh, um overrun so to overtrain overrun uh, till uh, you hit the wall what what how what amount of training were you doing at that point uh, i was like a uh, freestyle training so no uh, coach uh, no i was uh, watching some uh, youtube video and so on so try to understand uh, what to do um, about running but I was feeling good more I ran more I was feeling better and better so I was just running as much as I can um, I mean even uh, when I ran uh, when I won Penang Eco it was like five days after Rinjani 100 and, uh, and Rinjani 100 was really uh, probably the best race the best experience one of the best experience in my life but I got uh iv in the middle of the race and i finish maybe in a top 10 actually there were not many more than 10 finishers but uh, um so i didn't after six days from rinjani i went to race with uh, john in uh, uh, pinangiko and for me it was just like uh, every week was like a running 100k 100 miles here and there um but then my tendons and so on uh got like uh, injured and uh, 31st of december 2018 i was in changi sport hospital to get like a prp injection uh, 
to for a recover uh, to my tendon. Uh, uh, you know, for your Achilles tendon or always the posterior tibial tendon was uh, okay. like three times bigger than the left was three times bigger than the right and was full <laughs> of liquid. Um, because I was basically just running too much. Yeah. So no I time mean, Rinjani's a brutal yeah. race. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's I crazy wonderful. I did the 60K that year, and um, and I know quite a few people that did the 100 or try, and pretty much, yeah, so many people needed to get a drip during yeah. that during that race, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. And then it was literally the following weekend that you did the Penang Eco? Yeah, or? I think five days later was like uh, the flag off was maybe Saturday and we finished Rinjani Sunday. So yeah. That yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that is uh, <laughs> definitely um, definitely biting off a bit more than you can chew. Um, but what, what, were the other mis- what were some of the other mistakes? So overtraining, like racing two. So would you say on that that actually doing consecutive weekends is crazy but would what what is the ideal is it like one race a month what what did you change after that point yeah i think the okay the main mistake was thinking that racing is same as training or like racing 100k is a good training for the race but as uh, my coach said uh, uh, racing is not training so it's totally different for the way you run and especially uh, the way I take every race that I just give all I have and um, so I think the big mistake was to uh, think that uh, more I race more I will improve or train my body yeah. uh, while I was uh, consume and smashing my body uh, race by race yeah. uh, I think uh, um, depends on the uh, mileage so on the kilometers of the race and of the on the elevation as well but uh, for an average uh, 100k with maybe four five thousand meter elevation gain uh, it took take maybe four weeks minimum to recover four to six weeks yeah and then uh, in the recover process you need to take care of your uh, uh, nutrition and your uh, recovery training and so on so there are so many little things that you have to take care of and nutrition is uh, definitely the second big mistake so uh, there are so many uh, things you have to pay attention of uh, about nutrition and uh, uh, nutrition in the day by day and especially in the racing day so i start to learn i start to uh, cooperate with some brand and uh, and of course it's also a personal stuff you have to understand how your body uh, respond to 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 what you take to what you eat what you drink and um, and for me it was all a learning by doing so the only way to improve was to make a mistake and and then so to try 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 uh, how did you start then so going back to that first tmbt what was your nutrition were you just picking things up from aid station or what was your uh yeah so tmbt was totally i was like totally blind i was just running and drinking and eating what uh, what i so following my normal needs i didn't i even didn't know there was like a uh, halfway drop bag and uh, yeah. that uh, you you need uh, uh, electrolytes you need 
150 calories per hour and so on. This is something that then I went to a Red Dot Running Company that there was no Red Dot Running Company at the time, but uh, I went to Jerry and I asked, uh, uh, actually I think my first approach was with Tailwind and, uh, and that is a great product uh, and, um, and also is very easy to manage because it's one product so you can have all what you need for running 100k or 100 miles so that was a big improvement a big step into racing um, so and then uh, experience i mean uh, you have to try to run in the hot weather you have to try to run 100k try to run 100 miles and then you know how much uh, how often and, and so on so is pretty much all of your race nutrition tailwind or do you like uh do you mix gels in do you have any real food like what coming to the end of 2018 what did your nutrition plan for races look like yeah for so for the uh, last year i use uh, oversteam basically so okay. i was cooperating with uh, oversteam and uh, what is the, what's oversteam i've not heard of that oversteam before. is a french brand yeah uh, i'm uh, um, cooperating with the Hong Kong distributor yeah. and uh, the gels are uh, really wonderful 100% uh, natural gels so uh, I was uh, using uh, the endurance uh, electrolytes uh, um, powder so um, and the gel of Oversteam and uh, yeah even that uh, during the, the last year uh, I had to fine-tune and to have a personal understanding of uh, those products and to find tumor on, on my body. So um, every time you switch to another product, you have to understand and to follow um, what your body uh, tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm keen to talk a bit more about nutrition as well after in terms of your like weekly day-to-day -day nutrition as well but i'm also lastly i just want to know what like what, what was your third biggest mistakes you said like overtraining and cramming too many races in then your race nutrition was there anything else that you um that you look back on as there was like a big mistake that you learned from in that in that first year yeah the third one is still a mistake i'm uh, i'm facing that is uh, sleeping so lack of sleeping is really, uh, I believe that uh, um, sleeping is as important as training. And uh, uh, unfortunately I sleep maybe six uh, or five to seven hours per, uh, per night. And sometimes is uh, not good. Um, I really sleep quite easily. So I fell asleep quite easily everywhere, but uh, uh, especially there are uh, here in Asia a lot of races who start like at any time of the day like uh, 2 a.m. or 11 p.m. and so on and uh, so I think starting uh, a long distance races with a lack, a lack of sleep is uh, uh, a big mistake yeah yeah what have you been doing to try and improve that have you have you taken any tactics to try and because sleep is so critical for recovery, right? So um, is there anything that you've been doing to try and improve sleep? Yeah, I try a few uh, pills like uh, melatonin yeah, yeah. and this kind of stuff. But uh, so far I didn't find anything, any magic pills who 
the main problem is that I don't have time. So if you have six hours, uh, I can sleep. It's not that I am in the bed and I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep. The alarm goes but off and exactly, you got to get to work. You have to go. So yeah, um, yeah I think it's a time issue. You have to train. I train basically every day, six days per week. And uh, so most of the time you have to wake up at five, six and go running or go to the office, whatever. And yeah, so then I, I work a lot with uh, uh, Europe, so different time zones. So I work a lot also overnight and um, sometimes I finish to work very late and maybe I have to go running. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, no choice. Yeah, I feel your pain. Yeah, there's a book um, by a guy called Doc- Dr. Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep. And there's just lots of really good information. He's been on lots of podcasts as well. I recommend one with uh, Peter Atia, where he did like, they did about six hours worth of content around it. And there's just, there's so many little tactical things that you can do from simple things like turning off your device, not looking at your device an hour before bed, just turning the lights down before you go to bed, um, like a, a good hour before um, making sure the room is very cool, very cold. Um, and actually things like sauna before bed. Like I try and have like at least three nights a week. I've, I've got a sauna where I live. I have a sauna before then going to bed and it, it helps you sleep better. Yeah, um, I think the device is a big issue for me, especially. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just read the, the 5am club from Robin Sharma, who, who said how the... Uh, business, the history makers, uh, everyone was uh, waking up uh, in the 5 a.m. in the morning or uh, and is the morning time where uh, you make things happen. So um, and he uh, tell about a very um, tight routine that you have to have. And uh, he say at uh, 7 p.m. you have to basically switch off your device and uh, during weekend you don't have to work but you have to plan for the week yeah. so you have to think about uh, um, planning about what will be uh, I mean business wise office wise what will be from Monday to Friday so even I grew up in a, a corporate environment uh, when I was in Italy where uh, working 14 hours per day was good I think Things now are changing even in the yeah. in the corporate, in the advisory firm, where uh, uh, stay in the office from uh, 8 a.m. till uh, 1 a.m. in the night, it, it doesn't pay back. So, um, yeah, all this stuff where we need more quality hours, quality work, more than uh, uh, stay long time and work till very late. Yeah, that balance is uh, is so important, especially when you're like juggling your training as well. And um, yeah, um, so you, you talked about um, you did Rinjani that year, then you went to the Eco, um, the Eco Penang. Yeah, um, 100K. Yeah, and uh, and then what were the other um, races that you did that year? So you were a bit injured after the Eco Challenge. What were the other ones that sort of... Uh, uh, you mentioned the last one in um, in Japan where you won the... Uh, uh, yeah, we did. Uh, so after that, uh, we basically focus, I basically focus on uh, Asia Trail Master races. So yeah. we were moving every weekend following the Asia Trail Master Championship. We ran even uh, one, 
25k I think here in Bukitima in Singapore that is the shortest one yeah um, where the Spanish guy won because he was more into fast and flat races and then uh, we went to um, Laos to V Trail that was like a crazy race and it just uh, I think finished last week uh, where is it? Was in uh, Vang Vien. It's in, in Vang Vien, okay. Laos. Yeah. And um, so we finish 85k in like 17 hours, something like that. And uh, it was really crazy. And yeah, we had. That's a, quite slow. Is it just like really technical? Really? Yeah, uh, it's super technical. Technical, and especially the second part was uh, all uh, rock climbing. Yeah. More than running, so not runnable, but. And really untouched jungle, so uh, full of animal, inse- insects. And then we had also some problem with the course at the time yeah. uh, because it was really running into uh, untouched village of uh, Lao. And, uh, but it was really crazy. It's beautiful, that, though, isn't yeah, it? I'm super. going in a few weeks to um, Luan Prabang. Okay. And yeah, there's a couple of races there as well, but it's a beautiful country, right? Yeah, yeah, incredible. Uh, how did you get on in that race? Did you you podium this one as well? Yeah, actually, we had a joint venture, joint uh, uh, win with the Spanish guy because uh, I was in front till uh, the last fifteen k. But at fifteen k, my headlamp was out of battery for some oh, reason. Shit. Because we start actually early in the morning, we plan like eighty five k. We can finish in maybe nine, ten, eleven hours. So we were. N- I was not. Uh, uh, organized for uh, like the full night in the jungle and uh, uh, almost at the end of the race my headlamp uh, stopped working so I had to wait the second runner and I follow him his headlamp till the finish line so that was uh, like a um, joint same point we basically step on the uh, first place together yeah. and that's why we had to go to Japan to to the last fight yeah and yeah. japan was crazy beautiful izu izu is actually part of the uh, national selection of the three running uh, national team so all the best where is izu izu is like uh, 100k north of uh, tokyo Got you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a peninsula so it's a a to b race uh, we start uh, uh, from uh, the sea and uh, we finish on the mountain it's, it's very beautiful very runnable uh, race and um, yeah and that I was lucky enough to finish like 10 minutes in front of the Spanish guy and and that where uh, I got it's, it's a quite a cold race because uh, the time was snowing that, uh, that year so um, we ran at zero degree and very windy because part of the race is on the coast and, but really beautiful, really beautiful. I think it's gonna take place in two weeks. Is it really? Okay? You're going up for it? You're not, no, not risking no. this one? No, now my near future plans is uh, I might go to India the beginning of uh, um, December, so in two yeah. weeks, but I still have to confirm there is a upcoming race, a new race uh, near Pune in India, yeah, it's yeah. 85K. Yeah. But the the guys invited me. They are super cool. Like they sent me like you just have to flew here. We will take care of you. So yeah. they gave me like a, a movie star welcome. And, <laughs> and I love these things. This is what. I mean, it sounds like you're just fully taking advantage of 
having arrived in Asia, just being able to explore every country. And what better way to do it than exploring the trails of all these beautiful countries around Asia, right? Yeah, this is a leverage actually of trail running. I mean, many people, they go doing uh, traveling in Indonesia, Thailand, and so on. And uh, I mean, if you are into running, trail running is a way where you can really explore untouched place, untouched village in a safe way because there is a course every 10 kilometers you have water station, you have doctors and, and so on. So, I mean, join ultras around Asia is really a way for traveling. It's a is one of surely you're running too fast to be able to enjoy <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's true that's true you're like flying through the villages that you're just like uh yeah you don't have time to look around and take in the views yeah uh, it's an exaggeration if you're doing 100k there are parts where you're like head down stomping up the yeah hills. but also the day i mean the starting or the finishing line the days before the day after the race is, is crazy because you really feel the community and uh, sometimes you arrive in this kind of villages where even just seeing white people they are like okay they take picture with you you want to take picture with them so it's like uh, it's very nice i think is a way um, to bring tourists maybe bring money and uh, help these people and running in uh, in really untouched and nice place. Yeah, yeah. So it must have been a, a crazy experience for you having like just started trail running and in, and then winning the Asia Trail Masters in the, in that very first year. Like, how did your how did your life change? Like, I'm sure that you had a lot of companies approaching you about sponsorship and uh, and yeah. So. Did it change your fo- has it changed your focus on ultra running is actually being part of a career now as well as your other career in in um, in sort of steel and aluminium manufacturing? Yeah, actually, I, I at that time, like uh, uh, beginning of 2018, I've been approached by a few brands, local brands and so on. And um, I don't know, I thought like, uh, okay, the wind is blowing in my sails, so... Uh, I tried to um, take advantage of it and uh, I really had uh, the support of few brands who, I don't know, they were, uh, I mean, the story of uh, uh, being like an upcoming uh, uh, champion or upcoming uh, um, runner into the scene was attracting them, maybe even the fact that Uh, I'm an Italian guy running around Asia and so on. So uh, for many reasons, I got really interesting proposal and uh, I've been supported by a few brands uh, like uh, T8. Uh, This year I'm with Scott Asia and um, and they helped me a lot uh, into boosting um, these activities. So that's why everything was so fast and so intense. Uh, I had uh, Vitamod, who is a, a Malaysian supplement mm-hmm. brand, is a big company, and they even uh, approached me. Uh, I think one, two years ago now. Uh, so at the very beginning of my career, and that time I was approached by Usana, 
that is an American brand competitor of, uh, of this uh, uh, Asian brand. And uh, I play a bit of negotiation skills. So I told to uh, Vitamo that uh, uh, Usana wanted me at any cost and so on. And I, <laughs> I really signed a very good contract with them and I'm still running for them. They just last week um, confirmed that even in 2020, I will run for them. And uh, so, yeah, I just, uh, i was very lucky and uh, I didn't wait. I used the moment I jumped on the train and uh, I enjoyed the journey. Uh, so I'm still uh, in between new things. There are so many races uh, um, around Asia. And so I think even the 2020 will be uh, an awesome experience. I have plan to join like the Nine Dragons. Actually, the Nine Dragons last year was in my to-do list i registered but then i injured like the week before in in thailand so i couldn't fly there but uh, i will probably be at the starting line uh, uh, in february 2020 yeah that's another great yeah. race yeah we've had the with the race based guys on the yeah. on the podcast before they're they're a great bunch nick and steve and those guys there um you're um yeah and so so moving into 2019 then you've um How many, because you've, you've had a couple of uh, injuries this year as well, but how's, how's this year sort of playing out for you? Yeah, this year was very tough actually because uh, I was in the 31st December, so at the end of 2018, I was in the hospital with the, uh, for the PRP injection, so I had this treatment to the my tendon. tendon. Uh, so I stopped for two months. I start to train again uh, end of middle of February and uh, at the beginning of March I went to Hong Kong to run Translantau yeah. and I was just not ready so I start the race I was maybe in the top 10 group for 30k and after 30k I was feeling like after 100 miles so basically I in uh, one month and a half half I lost all my fitness Um, or part of my fitness so I was really suffering and I DNF so I, I quit after 30k and I went back home to train again uh, so I took maybe two months of uh, really hard training with my coach till uh, till June so basically for the first six months of this year I was you not racing yeah. Yeah, yeah. in June I went to the Italy and I ran uh, Um, Trail degli Altipiani is like a 1000 runners race is uh, quite middle big race and I won it oh, wow. and was uh, actually because I, I spent like the first part of the year just training and uh, I went there uh, I ran this uh, is 68k uh, with uh, 3000-3500 meter elevation and uh, I won in 6 hour 20 so it was a quite a good performance very runnable actually And um, yeah, and it was good. So uh, after that race, I came back to Asia and uh, I train again, I start to run again. Um, but my tendon were not recovery, perfectly recovery. So uh, I sprain again my ankle in, uh, in training. And uh, so in this moment, uh, Uh, my last race was uh, uh, Thailand uh, Ultra Trail uh, uh, Chiang Rai yeah. and uh, 230 kilometer 
was the first time I approached uh, such a long distance. And after, uh, I was feeling good, but after 100K, uh, it was like uh, 9 p.m., 8 p.m., and I was feeling really tired, uh, with in front of me like 130K. And as I said, for me, step starting to, to race in a surviving mode for maybe 25 hours is not really uh, what I, I want from a race. So I decided to quit the race uh, without any problem. I mean, I have a very high DNF rate and uh, I'm okay with, with that. Uh, so what, if what position were you when you when you pulled? I think fourth. So okay. I was just behind Abby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was fourth, but I just uh, say you no. Know, I don't want to stay in the race for uh, one day and a half. Yeah. More, and uh, I was already thinking about joining a shorter race the the day after there was the marathon. So I just uh, quit went back, take a shower, and the day after I registered to the marathon, to the 40K race, and uh, and I had a good performance there. So <laughs> Didn't you win that? Yeah, yeah win that I won. <laughs> Actually, the competition was not at a very high level, but yeah. uh, I mean, after 100K, I still ran uh, the, the 40K in uh, three hour 20, something like that. And, yeah, uh, nice. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good. And I start to think that uh, I might focus for the next year to shorter race like 100k but i like the 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 pure performance so where uh, you can run from the beginning to the end uh, i like the competition I, I like when we we run like uh, we fight maybe the top three runners till the end um, yeah this is what i like more then uh, uh, staying two days uh, in in the in the jungle or stay two days out and so on. So yeah, that's fair enough. As I say, maybe because I still have to uh, evolve uh, or to learn. I know that maybe uh, older uh, or more experienced uh, guys in, in in our world they like to run more and more, longer and longer. Uh, they do six hundred kilometer races and so on. I'm not ready for that. So. Uh, at the moment, I really like the, I like the long distances. Uh, uh, I like stay out, uh, enjoying uh, sunset, sunrise, and then enjoying the night in the jungle. But I like the, the pure physical performance. So running from the start to the end. Yeah, yeah. got you. And, and so, what's the longest distance you've done then? Is it the Eco um, Penang one three five or? No, in uh, Penang, I ran only hundred k. Uh, mm. I never ran uh, the 100 miles. I ran oh, 100 miles, sorry, yeah. panoramic 100 miles in 2000, end, end of 2017. Okay. Um, so in Thailand, from Mai Hong Song to Pai. Okay. And uh, that was 100 miles. But like that was one race where I was competing with one uh, Sanya Kanchai, one uh, very strong Thai runner, still uh, 100K. And then we both hit the wall. There was also uh, Wataru Lino, he's a, um, a top uh, Japanese runner. He also hit the wall before the 150K. And that year was the last race of uh, Asia Trail Master 2017 Championship. And uh, Steven Ong, who is an amazing runner, 
he was consistent from the start to the end and he overtook all uh, the um, the top runner and uh, he went to one and he was the 2017 uh, Asia Trail Master Championship that year yeah, so yeah. that was my 100 miles I was uh, last year in uh, September I went to Italy to run uh, Adamello Ultra Trail mm. who is a 175k run in very close to my hometown maybe half an hour drive from my hometown but uh, I felt uh, after 80 kilometer I broke my kneecap uh, everything for actually, a fall or? yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. I felt on a rock and uh, I broke my kneecap I ran 25 more k but then it was really swollen was impossible to continue and um, so that was my longest where I registered but I didn't complete so at the moment uh, uh, 100 miles is my longest distance yeah 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 and, and so so this year as part of the Asia Trail Masters you've only um, that you've only raced um, yeah which ones which ones have you done as part of the Asia Trail there was one in the Philippines and then one in Thailand yeah Montalini's in Philippines maybe a month ago and uh, then Penang Eco uh, and yeah. then uh, the Thailand won uh, Chiang Rai that they didn't yeah you didn't yeah yeah I yeah, got you because um, yeah I, there was a there was a little bit of controversy on the one in the uh, in the Philippines as well and it? I think you came second in this one yeah yeah I came second but the first guy didn't stop to a checkpoint didn't pass through a checkpoint uh, so yeah. he missed like a part of the course um he was really fair he that was christian yeah, right was a yeah, christian exactly. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, he's a very strong runner and he i think he was more surprised than me when uh, the race director decided to give him like a time penalty um, yeah. yeah i was i mean you know when you run uh, in these uh, upcoming or local races you never know uh, how uh, they manage this kind of uh, issue of this kind of uh, uh, things uh, and uh, uh, I was quite pissed off because uh, um, I believe in, a, in in our sport you cannot miss a checkpoint if you miss a checkpoint you made a mistake you have to be just disqualified you cannot shorten the race and got half an hour one hour ten hours whatever penalty uh, and step on the top of the podium but it's okay it's part of the game yeah 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 i mean i come from adventure racing which is yeah you, you need to get all the checkpoints if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna win i mean you but then again you do get like time penalty for it but it's but it's significant as well um but you're you've you've got a few of the asia trail master races planned for the rest of the year do you have where now we are uh going to the the final end. in malaysia is coming yeah, soon right exactly is the t uh, the mountain uh, trail festival mmtf mmtf yeah. uh, the north face i will be there yeah everyone actually is going to be there yeah. it's, uh, for me is going to be more a party yeah. uh, like uh, to close the season to close uh, uh, the year and uh, malaysia now is basically my second home so yeah. Uh, I know everyone, I'm invited there. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a good performance because it's uh, 85K, very tough. Last year I ran actually and uh, I missed a checkpoint at 
30k uh, because I arrived on the top of the first mountain and uh, I knew there was a, a water station there and I asked to some guy like where is the water station somehow they understood that I just because there was a house the water station was inside and they understood that I just came out from the water station so they told me oh just run down uh, there was nine kilometer downhill to get to the next water station so they told me oh just run down and there will be the water station uh, at the end of the downhill and when i arrived to the next water station they disqualified me oh. and i was totally fine with the decision because i just miss yeah the yeah, other yeah. Water station. that's also another reason why i was pissed off in uh, in Philippines because uh, uh, just less than a year ago I was disqualified because I didn't stop. Actually, I passed out of the water station. I just didn't enter uh, because I didn't understand that it was a water station. So yeah, that was my oh, last year experience. Yeah, yeah. Lost in, I can understand your frustration in um, in Philippines then down to that. Um, what, what, who's your, um, your uh, bet for the... Um, for this year's uh, Asia Trail Master then like it's pretty close up at the top right you've got John Ellis and then you've got Kitamura-san the, the Japanese guy and then uh, I think Milton Amat the um yeah I think he's um your Malaysian um yeah he's Malaysian. a he's from Sabah he's a very humble and very strong runner he just won uh, in uh, Laos last weekend also uh, he's, a, he's part of the North Face Adventure team as well, is he? No, oh, that's no, 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 no. David Simpat. That's David yeah, Simpat, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are a friend that, from... But they're pretty close, those yeah, two. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's part of uh, Uglo. Uh, he yes, runs Uglo. that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I support John Ellis because, uh, I mean, John Ellis is uh, uh, a key person for me, for my... Um, athlete's career and also I mean I think he's like an angel because uh, uh, he has so many jobs you know he run gone running uh, he has T8 he has his other business he has his family he just had uh, a newborn new, baby exactly yeah, yeah. he's amazing athlete and uh, and he's so proactive in charity uh, running events and so on so uh, yeah for me John is really a special person and uh, definitely he deserves to, to, to win the Asia Trail Master uh, Championship this year. So, yeah, I'm supporting him and uh, I look forward to fight with him in, uh, in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, he's an angel. I love him. Yeah. Like, he does all this great stuff, but I'm looking forward to fighting with him. Yeah, because he... <laughs> This is what he's looking forward to. Yeah, so, no, it's yeah. That, that competition, right? And um, that, I mean, that's one of the things that I love about trail running is that even at the very high end, at the, like, the, the, the pointy end where you guys are fighting out, there is still... A, you compared it to mountain biking back in the day. I think there's a, just a, a better culture around it and more like a friendly rivalry culture around around trail running in comparison to a, a lot of other sports where it's, um, yeah, the, the people don't get on as well. But I think in trail running, it's much more of a community sport in that respect. Yeah, yeah, you can see, I mean, even the difference between road runners and trail runners, I don't know, there is something different you know, we, we we stay a lot in the jungle. We stay. We I think we are more uh, um, 
lonely independent in some way and uh, but uh, uh, we are more uh, um, ready to help uh, and uh, we create the community is definitely more close in in trail running and this is something who attracted me to 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 run and something that keep me in this world now yeah that's very cool and um you talked a little bit about like coat like when did you first start getting a coach for your running and begin? um well everything happened very quickly so yeah it's all been the last yeah, year right? exactly the last year so quite uh soon i think at the beginning of uh, 2018 um when i got few sponsor few brand and so on i start to feel uh, uh, responsibilities yeah um so i i, I also uh, i think i asked to jerry uh, and she bridged me to Andy Debois. Yeah. Is, uh, and so I started to work with him. Uh, it was not easy because he's very busy and uh, he, he's, he needs to understand why you run. Uh, yeah. So the beginning, uh, he told me like, uh, I don't care if you win, I don't care if you are strong. Uh, I need to understand your why and uh, so he started to make several questions and and then uh, because he he has a, a big organization for uh, coaching he has also other coach. mile 27 yeah correct yeah. and um, but i was looking for him and uh, somehow i i start to work with him i'm still working with him on a daily basis interesting and so what is your why uh okay i have a lot of why and my why actually is still uh, changing um definitely running uh, uh, helped me a lot to keep my life balanced i think uh, um even in my business i i run because i need i i want to perform in business and i think i perform in my daily job because i run um i'm not I believe in the in the beauty of the project, in the beauty of the sport. So I will say that if I would be in uh, mountain biking, I might feel committed as well. So it's the same, you know, I work in the steel industry, in the raw material industry. And um, it's not that I'm a passionate about <coughs> selling steel. I'm uh, a passionate about uh, the project, so about the beauty of the project despite you produce table you produce laptop or you produce t-shirt uh, you you need to 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 commit yourself into a project so this is what is uh, running for me uh, it really kept me kept me away from uh, uh, toxic environments and uh, and uh, yeah there are uh, most of the the days that I really need to run and I really need to run more and uh, I think this is why everyone run everyone has different reason everyone every reason is is a good reason for running yeah yeah, yeah that's very cool and, and how has he helped you what's he done to to improve your overall performance and well, realizing your why yeah, he he scheduled my my 
my activity week by week. So we follow through uh, an app, uh, training peak. Uh, we follow a, a, a daily schedule and uh, he control uh, my performance uh, despite. Uh, usually we schedule the training uh, um, according to the race we are gonna, we are gonna have. So uh, we study the race uh, and uh, based on the elevation uh, or on the mileage of the race, uh, we we schedule the two three weeks before the race. Yeah. So yeah, this is how I work with them. Yeah, and that's interesting because when you're when you're planning out that schedule, you would normally have like one or maybe two A races in a, in a season, and then you would have B races, which are kind of like training runs, effectively. Yeah. You talked about it before, but you've got to have like a minimum of five A races in your season. If you're, if you're, if you want to be in uh, winning or in the podium of the Asia trail masters at the end, you need to have at least five, which are, uh, which are A races. So like, yeah. How do you think about that? How do you, how does your coach work with you to balance that? Yeah. I always argue with him because he thinks that I have to race less and uh, <laughs> focus on a few A races, but, you know, for me, in this moment, I really enjoy going here and there, racing here and there. And uh, so I still believe I'm racing uh, uh, more than what I should do. So I should decrease, um, I should reduce the, the number of races over the year. And uh, for the 2020, we are considering to maybe decrease the mileage of the race. So try to focus on 70K, 100K yeah. and see slowly to increase the performance itself in the, in the Yeah, the finding races. that sweet spot as your, yeah. as your best distance. What's your current distance per week that you're doing as training? Uh, I'm not so consistent because it depends on my business uh, schedule, but uh, last week I ran 130k, so the target will be around 130k of training per week. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a decent block, yeah. Um, and, and you've obviously had a chance to travel all around Asia and race all around Asia. We talked a little bit about what's, your, what's been your favorite race that you've run across Asia so far or with that favorite destination to race? Yeah, I really enjoy Rinjani. It was probably my one of the worst performance because I had a lot of issue and I was also there running with Christian Jorgensen and uh, um, we had dehydrated together, uh, but because he was going to uh, Lavaredo Ultra Trail like in one month, uh, so he decided to, to quit, but I decided to get like um, IV, I asked to the race director to get the IV. And for me, it was so brutal, so tough race. But uh, it was uh, the, my birthday present from the founder of the race because it was, that day was uh, my birthday. And um, so he invited me and said, oh, you have a free slot and you join us uh, and we will have a party at the end. <laughs> and uh, I, he was actually the at the flag off of the race, he was fl flying from Italy to Indonesia because he was running the Milano Sanremo San Remo Ultra. Mm, this is Hendra. Yeah, right? Hendra. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a crazy guy. He seems mental. Yeah, like he's a great follow on Instagram yeah, as well, isn't he? Exactly. He travels a lot around Europe, it yeah, seems. Exactly. Does and uh, so he invited me there and uh, I knew he was going to the finish line to waiting for the, the finishers. 
so I felt the responsibility and uh, somehow I stopped like three hours get back into good condition and I finished my race maybe in 30 hours yeah. and, and it was crazy but yeah that was probably so far my best race yeah I think I must I did it the same I did it last year like May 2018 it was wasn't it I, I just did the 60 um, but yeah go, starting and going straight up to the summit yeah. of Rinjani and you know you're going up to 3,700 meters and it's like the altitude does affect you a little bit right and, yeah uh, yeah and when you conquer the, the top of Rinjani you still have uh, 80 kilometers yeah. in front of you so it's yeah yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough race. I know a few people that, that struggled on that one. Are you going to, because next year, they've obviously, they had the earthquake uh, last year, so they didn't, uh, well, this year, so, um, but I know that you're changing your distance, but I think there's a 75k next year at Rinjani. Yeah, there is also 120. 117 or so, uh, 120, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rinjani is definitely one of the race that uh, I might consider for the next year. Yeah, it's one of the iconic ones, isn't it? Um, very cool. And so just a little bit about nutrition and recovery on your races then. So like nutrition, you've talked a little bit around, um, you started using Tailwind and then you changed your... Um, Oversteam. Yeah. Oversteam now. Um, but what do you do from a, like on, on a day-to-day -day basis? Is there like a diet that you subscribe to or is it just, yeah, how do you think about day-to-day -day nutrition? Yeah, I follow, uh, I mean, I try to eat clean food. Yeah. Um, I live alone, so uh, sometimes it's difficult, uh, you know, when you, you, you stay by yourself, you, you have to cook for yourself. Uh, eating outside is never a good idea uh, for me. And uh, so I steam a lot of veggies so i eat a lot of greens and i love uh, veggies and fruit um, so on a day uh, daily basis i try to eat quite uh, a lot of greens uh, and so on but i don't really follow like a diet yeah. where i have to eat this these days uh, and something else the other day and just generally healthy food yeah yeah a lot yeah. of vegetables and what about, I mean, you talked about your, your challenge around getting to, to sleep well, um, but what do you think about like recovery in terms of things like stretching, massage, rolling? Are you, do you have like a pretty regimented routine for recovery? Yeah, um, I should uh, go to the gym uh, to doing my exercise more often. And this is another point where I always uh, argue with uh, Andy. Um, but uh, yeah, I bought few tools for training my uh, proprioception and my balance and so on. Uh, actually, I just bought from a US uh, a balance board that is like yeah. a, a board where you swing and uh, you can train the li all the little muscle of the ankles. And so I just, I have it in, uh, in my bedroom and I just swing like uh, 20 minutes before going to bed and so on. Yeah. Um, what about stretching? Do you do much stretching? No much, no. Um, and even about stretching, I heard someone is um, support stretching, someone not. Uh, honestly, I don't do much stretching. I have actually a very uh, good and a very short recovery time. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the guy that 
after like a, a race uh, walk like a penguin for two days or cannot do you're up day. doing a recovery yeah. run the next morning not yeah, even. yeah yeah so yeah. I, i'm quite okay usually um and yeah that's it so uh, nutrition over the the racing is still uh, a bit a problem for me so i'm still studying my body how especially in this kind of climate this kind of weather how yeah. It reacts. I have also this year a lot of uh, dehydration issues, so I think I'm still in a learning stage. I'm trying different products, different strategies, and so on. Yeah. What have been the dehydration issues? What What have been your some of the um, the symptoms? Yeah, I had many times. Even in Rinjani, I uh, had like my kidney thing switch off, and uh, I start to. Um, you had a feeling to stop and pee, like you have to pee, but you cannot pee and uh, you end up like peeing blood. So basically yeah. uh, the bladder is uh, basically em- empty, the kidney is uh, uh, in blackout. So he starts to send uh, wrong input to your brain, like that you have to stop and pee, but you don't have and this basically. happened to me literally on a training run the other week uh-huh. i was going up and down bukatima here yeah. as a training run and um yeah like eight hours into it um just same i needed to pee all the time yeah and just like but only a little bit of pee came out yeah, and exactly. then like and then eventually started like peeing blood and i was yeah like wondering what was causing it but like is it your kidney shutting down my my, my um hypothesis was that I was wearing a naked belt and it was too tight and it was making me like go to the toilet and that with an empty bladder that your bladder like running up and down hills your bladder's rubbing together and yeah. it caused friction that caused bleeding in your bladder that was my theory but what did you realize was the um yeah i think the blood is because the the bladder is uh, uh, empty so the friction makes uh, uh, this little cut internal cut yeah and uh, over the last two years, I really had uh, uh, different experience, always end up with this issue. And uh, I think in my case was like the uh, imbalance of fluid and uh, and uh, nutrition, like uh, uh, tailwind or whatever. So yeah. um, there is actually, it's basically maths. You, you, you need to... Um, have a very good knowledge of what you are intaking and uh, while at, especially at the beginning I was just like uh, wherever there is a water station I take uh, tailwind or I take other products yeah. um, but you have to understand uh, what you take over a time so uh, you have to take 150k of or uh, uh, gram of uh, products per hour or per uh, mileage and you cannot just randomly take yeah, stuff especially yeah. in the long run you're going to mess up something and uh, you're going to end up with some blackout yeah. yeah that's interesting did you um did you carry on when you had that issue yeah like in uh, so this uh, was Rinjani Rinjani so I had an IV it was quite yeah. bad and uh, so I had an IV and then uh, uh, we start to to drink and uh, till we pass we we solve the problem basically yeah. 
and uh, in some other races uh, I had to, to, to stop to, to, to quit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, so to finish up, I'd be keen to ask you some quick fire questions then. Um, what makes you emotional? Well, uh, many things actually. Uh, many things. I mean, running for me, a uh, sunset, sun, I, I cry a lot over a run. Do you uh, really? Yeah, yeah. I really cry because uh, uh, maybe I'm somewhere listening my one song. Yeah. Maybe the, the same song the day before was just not. Uh, but in the right moment, it can uh, be, can really touch my soul. And, uh, and what song? Yeah, it depends. I think yeah. on the moment, yeah, I'm really can listen every kind of music from uh, the old school song till uh, um, actual song. And yeah, sunset, sunrise. Uh, uh, even children who give you over a race like the high five from the villages yeah. all these kind of things are really something that help me to carry on and uh, and this is some of the reasons why I'm, I'm running so mm-hmm. yeah I, but I'm quite emotional uh, person yeah yeah so look out for Alessandro like shedding a tear on the trails as, he, yeah, as he's yeah. running by <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And um, what's your most inspirational book or um, or, or inspirational person? Uh, well, book, I'm reading now uh, the book from the CEO of uh, Walt Disney. Um, I'm reading oh, a lot, okay. actually, of uh, uh, manager uh, story and manager uh, biography, even if most of my friends told me I should start to read uh, uh, like romance or uh, more funny stuff, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm I'm reading now the um, the story of uh, uh, Robert Tiger, that is uh, uh, the CEO of Walt Disney, who in the last eighteen uh, years uh, he dedicate um, his business life opening the Shanghai Disney um, yeah yeah Disney Park, yeah. and that is something crazy. Like he hired like twenty. 2000 people working in this uh, he met four different uh, uh, China presidents uh, over this uh, uh, journey and uh, so at the moment I reading this is fantastic book and uh, about the person who inspired me most now I will go back to John Ellis is one person who uh, I really look up to and uh, he's He's really crazy and he's uh, so humble in the day to day is uh, um, from an athlete point of view, but most of all from a friend, father and businessman point of view. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Um, and are there, any, uh, are there any podcasts that you listen to? Not really. Uh, I don't uh, uh, watch TV. Podcast is something that uh, some runner actually suggested me to listen even over the training and over the running. I start recently uh, to listen uh, your podcast and so on while training and it's really cool. It's really uh, compared. I I used to listen music while training, but I think listen uh, podcast is it really 
take you away more than uh, than songs so yeah. i think i w- i'm going to i look forward to uh expanding my podcast uh, uh, knowledge and uh, yeah maybe yeah. we'll ask you for some suggestions i've got an audio book for you i was actually just listening to it again the other day which is um uh it's a book david goggins have you heard of david goggins mm-hmm. before so he's a guy that's like a, he's been a navy seal and um he's been through like buds which is their hell week or like three or three times but he's become like an ultra runner. He's run Hurt 100 Bad Water. He just did the Moab 240 the other day where he um, collapsed and was sent to hospital after 200 miles. And then he was disqualified, not disqualified, but they were like, yeah, you're out. But then he still went back and like ran the last 40 miles. But um, he's got an audio book or a book called um, Can't Hurt Me. And but the audiobook is ridiculously good, so I like highly recommend that for your, um, for some of your training runs. It's it's amazing. Um, what's the best kit that you've bought for under a hundred dollars? So the best gear that you've bought? T8 Sherpa shorts. So yeah. you know T8 has this uh, kind of uh, uh, shorts are really crazy. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I used not to run like uh, uh, bare chest like John or uh, I like to carry especially my water meditation on uh, on a backpack yeah but I really use a lot uh, the Sherpa shorts with this um, kind of uh, the pocket around the side yeah exactly for uh, little things nutrition so there are someone who really put all the weight on the uh, on the shorts uh, i'm more like to distribute it but uh, yeah i will say that sherpa shorts are uh, uh, the coolest uh, stuff you can get now what backpack do you use i'm uh, with scott now so yeah. i used to run uh, with four liter backpack yeah um, so i like very small very tiny and uh, I also developing all the strategies uh, uh, about uh, a lot from Hong Kong, actually, or the, you know, uh, I just got from John uh, a very, very tiny handphone is like, uh, um, is a real phone yeah. uh, because it's a mandatory gear to uh, yeah, yeah. race, but uh, is like half of a lighter. So it's super small. <laughs> it looks like a, a toy, but it's a real phone and you just put your SIM and you can make call. So, yeah, so they try, you know, there are many, um, I don't know if are uh, correct or not, but there are people who cut the, the blanket to make it because usually you You've need to carry a blanket. There, are, there is no sides of the blanket. So there are uh, people to make it lighter. They just cut like a blanket that is big, yeah. like uh, <laughs> as, a, as a napkin and they just put this in the back. So, yeah, there are many tricks. Yeah, to reduce the weight in exactly. your yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I take you where Scott, um, yeah, trail Scott runners for, li- as well. for liter, yeah, pretty small. And, and then trail yeah. runners, your running shoes, you yeah, Scott wear Scott, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're good. Well, I mean, yeah. you have to say they're good, but yeah. like, but like, yeah, I've seen, I've heard good things about them though. Yeah, yeah. Now actually, um, they start to distribute in Asia, and are re- the brand is really booming, and the shoes are awesome. Uh, from uh, short distance with uh, uh, the, the model for the short distance is probably the fastest lightest mod- model in uh, uh, for trail running is uh, Kinabalu so yes yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall the um, 
the mountain in Sabah. In Sabah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a big like ad campaign around. That. I think Lloyd Belcher shot it as well. Yeah. actually, the yeah. um the campaign there. Yeah, I've got. I'm, I always think about them from mountain bikes. I've got a Scott mountain bike, yeah. but they're um they're yeah they're, yeah actually they're, before Scott here in Asia, everyone was thinking about uh, mountain biking because the trail running brand was not uh, uh, known here but uh, yeah in the last this scott sponsored the tmbt this year yeah uh, so was the main uh, sponsor and uh, yeah the shoes are uh, awesome uh, is a great brand yeah yeah very cool um what's been your the, the proudest moment of both your both your uh, running and sport career as well as your personal like your professional career yeah i i really don't have uh, um, a proudest moment in my running career i i mean uh, a great moment was definitely at the end of the last season in uh, in japan when when uh, somehow i i fought fought for all the the season and i got the the championship but uh, and in my professional career uh, is always uh, you know i always try to um looking forward to improve and to uh, chasing um someone say you have to chase yourself what you will be in 10 years so i always chasing someone when i was 25 i was chasing what I would be when I I would be 35, and now I'm probably looking 10, 10 years forward. So, um, yeah, I don't know. In my professional career now, I, I st- still don't have like a moment I'm really proud of. Yeah, I I really enjoy my my job, and um, we are uh, in a very hectic environment and full of changes and uh, satisfaction and new things new contract basically every week and you know for a italian guy living in asia living in between bangkok kuala lumpur manila jakarta is crazy so i really feel alive and this is something that uh, um, probably i would feel if i would go back to my little town in the mountain that uh, is like more uh, uh laid back let's say but now i really living a hectic hectic life in between running and business so every day is really uh, something exciting for me and this is what i want and this is why i'm happy uh, to be here in asia yeah and and it's interesting you alluded it to it before around how running has made you better professionally yeah yeah what do you think that is because i i agree with that i think that a lot of the people that that we speak to on the podcast a lot of the people that i know that are really good at endurance sports are always uh more often than not really successful in the professional world as well In, in your eyes what what do you think it is from the from you doing the running side that's made you better professionally yeah, I think uh, one keyword is uh, discipline. So, I mean, running and sports and competition really teach you how to um, keep uh, a very tight discipline and uh, uh, especially for the training, training uh, overnight and so on. And, uh, um, you know, in, 
especially last year that I was running a lot, uh, even some of my colleague partner in Europe, uh, they always came with like jokes, like uh, how you can work, how you can commit yourself, uh, how you can uh, stay in the office and manage your team if you have to train, if you go out and run and win races of 100K. But yeah, indeed, I'm not going to clubbing uh, Saturday night, clubbing. So it's a matter of choice also. And uh, it doesn't make sense, sense sometimes that in a corporate environment, if you go clubbing Saturday night, drinking till uh, 4 a.m. is okay. But if you go running 100K, you're crazy. You're crazy. Guy. <laughs> yeah. So we have to change the paradigm. I think uh, yeah. sport in general is um, something that actually is is booming now a more uh, healthy style uh, trail running i think also is uh, uh, booming uh, all over the world so it's a good things that people uh, everywhere they understand the value of uh, uh, keeping fit healthy and so on it really change the way you look things yeah yeah i think that's a, a really good way to put it and i think discipline is yeah. absolutely key because just being able to fit your training in around your work life, that in itself takes takes discipline. And yeah, how how you do something is how you do everything. So if you're if you like doing your run really well, then you'll get to work in the day and you'll give all all you can to that as well. So yeah, it crosses sure. over. Uh, do you have any like any last closing remarks or or advice to people that are looking to get to the pointy end of the races, looking to get to, to the podium, given that you really only just started like in the last two years, like racing competitively, like what advice would you um, give to people wanting to, to step up their game? Yeah, in generally, I would say that, I mean, if only two years ago you asked me to run, uh, or if I could run 100K, I would say, what, 100K? I even get bored to drive 100K. <laughs> and now 100K is like, okay, it's not that long, right? So I think, uh, I mean, everything is possible. Everyone uh, can uh, really reach a level that uh, if today you think is like very far away from yourself, you just need uh, to work, you need to commit. And um, But if you commit today in... Uh, three months, six months, one year, you will have totally different uh, point of view of where you can go. So uh, it might take times, but uh, really everyone has a huge room to improve or just to evolve in some way. So even about sports and running, I heard so many people who uh, switch from a non-sport life to a super sport life so i think uh, um, i mean it's like uh, someone who uh, he's fat and he doesn't go to gym because he's fat like no i cannot go to gym because i'm fat but you know you have to go to gym to change yeah so i think yeah you sometimes you just have to um, step into it and uh, most of the time you will find yourself like in a, a spin and uh, and you will start your journey in a positive cycle yeah yeah, yeah that's very cool i I'm, I'm just thinking here listening to you say that i think 
you've got to try adventure racing at some point. Have you ever considered it? Obviously, with your background in mountain biking and like unbelievable trail running um, and being able to do super long distances as well. Like at some point, have you thought about trying uh, expedition length adventure racing? Like uh, have you ever done any um, orienteering or navigation before? Not yet. I've been invited. Uh, I think recently There's there was one in one Malaysia. In Malaysia. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was invited to that one, but you know, there are so many things uh, yeah. who I'm even attracted uh, about uh, obstacle racing now, but long distance, like the 50k with obstacle and so on. Uh, I was watching, there was the world championship in, uh, uh, I think, Finland or Sweden somewhere. So they, they were running like 24 hour with obstacle uh, into the snow and so on. So yeah, there are so many things that attract me um, as I said everything happened so quickly and the calendar of races or of event is really uh, full so I think yeah in the next five six seven ten years or 20 years uh, there will be opportunity to to join any kind of event yeah, yeah but the next next couple of years dedicated to, to trail running and uh, and then your plan for next year is to um, obviously you'll be up in Malaysia for the finals of the uh, Asia Trail Master but to try and uh, mix it up in there for the um, for the people going for the for the win this year but next year you're looking to take back your um, take back your number one spot in the Asia Trail Masters is that is that going to be the focus at the sort of 70 to 80 Okay, yeah, might my, my be uh, one of the target. I indeed want to keep on uh, traveling, visiting new places. So I already have uh, in the list like uh, Cordillera Mountain Race. It's a beautiful race, actually. Yeah. We're getting JP on the podcast soon, okay. actually. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's a beautiful race. And uh, in, uh, H1 in, in Philippines as well, uh, Rinjani maybe again. So yeah, there are so many events uh, that, uh, yeah, um, I'm really excited about 2020 and uh, we will see the trend will be maybe to focus a bit on uh, shorter, shorter, I mean like 100K, 80K races yeah. and uh, yeah, keep on improving, improve the performance and always pay attention to the, to the body in the long run. So uh, try to uh, recover it properly and take care of yourself because you know, uh, even running uh, 100 miles, 100k, uh, you should do it properly or, uh, I mean, in the long run, you will pay. Yeah, you need to extend your career, don't you? Um, well, Alessandro, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you, mate. I've really enjoyed it. I can't wait to um, to see you out on the trail soon as well. I'll probably only ever see you at the start line, though. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it'd be good to get out for a run with you when you're back in Singapore again next time. Um but yeah, congratulations on all your success so far and we can't see can't wait to see what you you do in the future. Thank you so much Scott. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining cuz things ain't that bad. Hello Mr. Rick Stockfish. Welcome back to the Endurance Asia podcast. It's yeah. been a, it's been a while mate. You've been nesting. You've uh, yeah, doing anything other than endurance. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know, like um, bringing, like uh, helping your wife bring a baby into the world. I'm sure oh, she went yeah, through. Yeah, I think a three, three, she went through it rather than me. But yeah, good to be back and uh, 
great interview there with Alessandro. Yeah, yeah, what a what a cool dude. Um, I was listening back and uh, and I, I messaged you and I was like, I oh, you know he was quite concerned. He mentioned coming on. He's like, oh, my English is not great. And um, and look, we've got a very international audience anyway. Like, not everyone's native tongue is English. But I messaged her. I was like, yeah, he's got a really cool accent. And uh, yeah, there's something about that that, that Euro accent that, that makes it seem almost like a you know gives him a bit more credibility somehow. Yeah, not just uh, well, you're like yeah, he sounds like, yeah, he sounds like Killian, doesn't he? He actually does. Yeah. <laughs> um, and bloody hell, he can almost run like him as well. Yeah, really impressive and. Uh, uh, like uh, like I think John said in the in, in the podcast last time, you know, if he'd been on the scene this this year, I think the the competition would have been even more fierce than it has been. But um, but you know, between him and John and, and all the others now racing that Asia Trail Master Series, like it's really it's really boosted the profile of that series. And I you know I see they're adding more and more um, more and more races to the calendar uh, each year, which is great. Yeah, and I mean the the final is coming up soon in the Malaysian Mountain Trail Festival in um, in December. I think it's the fifteenth of December, and it seems like they're all going to be there. That's definitely going to be one to watch on the scene. And uh, um, yeah, he was like hearing Alessandro say, "Yeah, I'm like uh, John Ellis is an angel. He's like this uh, this amazing guy." And then, but I'm gonna like. I'm going to kill him on the trails at that race. I'm going to get competitive. And it it kind of um, is, a, uh, I suppose, personifies the uh, trail running community is it's competitive, but it's also really friendly as well. Yeah. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job, than, or a better job than they've ever done before of, of doing live updates during the race. But it's a shame we, uh, shame we can't get up there. Shame we won't be able to, to watch it online. Yeah. One other thing that I've kind of picked up on from the last two podcasts, both in uh, uh, joint down uh, the Gone Running Joint Dynamics team and Trail Walker, and then Alessandro Serpa, is that they're all coached by Andy Dubois. Yeah, so there's a, like a running theme, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, all of- and an obvious candidate for a future podcast guest yeah we, we'll absolutely have to um have to get him on if uh if you're listening andy or if anyone that can uh, can intro us it would be um yeah it'd be good to get him on the podcast I, I do follow him on uh on instagram he's just been down in new zealand for a, a running camp recently which uh, which looked amazing but pretty much all of the top runners i think so there's been loads of people that we've um had on the podcast that like jerry um was coached by him as well and there's been a couple of others yeah yeah and then that, that connection with asia trailmaster as well so jp who we'll have on in a couple of weeks uh jp Olipio from from the philippines organizes called alera mountain ultra which is also part of the trailmaster series and there's a, a nice amount of uh crossover between them all yeah yeah in fact alessandro said that was one of the races or sherpa said that's one of the races he wants to um he wants to get on. Um, talking of coaches, I've actually uh, appointed myself a coach that I met up with today. I went out running with... Yeah, uh, anyone we'd know? Yeah, Tomo-san, uh, the legendary Tomokazu Ihara-san. Yeah, he... Um, uh, I've like got a couple of challenges coming up. So, well, like with the Everesting and stuff, and I just wanted to learn what from a coach and have someone hold me accountable. But So what sort of stuff, what's he, what's he having you do differently? He has, I kind of, from like the four trails last year, I knew how I would have to change my training for any future big events. But um, he's just been much more, it's really difficult. You and I, we both travel so much for work. We've both got families. Just trying to fit stuff into your schedule and get, get the volume in. So it's both elevation and volume that I've had to increase. And, um, and just having someone to like help you 
schedule and structure it and hold you accountable is a big thing it's yeah. like yeah you get out one morning you're like oh i don't know if i can be up for it but you know that you get your coach is going to be looking to see if you've done that session that he put in for you so it's a strange uh, strange dynamic i definitely recommend it for anyone that's training towards a, an, an event or just to just to learn how to like structure your training going going forward um it looks like you've got you've managed to increase your volume pretty successfully as well yeah i'm like getting up to like 110 100 uh just over 110k a week and like the plan is sort of up to well when I, i'm so I'm doing this everesting challenge when i'm trying to get the elevation in but that week i'll do like 150k a week with 10,000 elevation which is going to be a yeah, it's going to be um going to be a, a tough week, but um but yeah, so Tomo's in town for the um there's in Singapore there's the Singapore Marathon. Yeah, standard chartered, yeah. And uh they've got the expo going on at the moment, so he's down representing uh, New Halle Tape and uh answer answer for um and uh, yeah, it seems to be quite a lot going on down there. I know that Red Dot Running have got um, got a stand down there as well. It's although funny enough, it seems like a lot of, of former and future podcast guests are in town this weekend, like JP and Nick Tinworth and Ryan. But they're all here for uh, the U2 concert rather than the marathon. So. Yeah, rather than going running. Yeah, um, yeah, and I'm like uh, going to miss them. I'm heading off to uh, to Laos for the weekend tomorrow and. Uh, Hoping to run some trails in the, over there as well. I've been. It's difficult finding the trails. Like I've, I can't find any maps or anything. So I'm they, just. They, they added a. There was an ultra trail, Luang Prabang. Is that where you're going? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I and I actually reached out to the race directors, but um, I, I couldn't hear back. But I kind of want to see the race route. Yeah. And just to get find the GPX out, file. Yeah. Find out some of some of the trails. But yeah, you've. Uh, um, You've been finding it hard to get out running. Well, you've had a bit of plancher, um, plancher fasciitis, yeah, yeah. And, and and listening back to the race base, uh, sorry, not race base, the um, joint dynamics pod, just uh, made me wish we had the, uh, the their physio on speed dial down here. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, on the on the men now, and hopefully back out there soon. So we'll have to start planning for for twenty twenty. Yeah, that was um, that's quite interesting hearing about like Veronica, like they just quickly called in the. Uh, called in the um the physio just to give her a like elbow or his magic elbow as john as john was saying um but yeah i did get running out out running with your brother in barcelona though um, yeah that looked amazing oh what a great place to run yeah montserrat is um is like 45 minutes from barcelona city and just beautiful mountainous area yeah yeah it makes a huge difference running in cooler temperatures as well from uh, from singapore as always um but yeah we've got um we've got jp coming out on in a in a couple of weeks time which will be good i'm really interested here about his story and um, obviously runs the cordillera mountain marathon but then also runs a mountain biking race as well yeah cordillera challenge and uh and then is, is, is a is a fairly keen endurance athlete himself i think so yeah did the, did the dragons back with abby earlier in the year yeah i'm um I'm interested to hear his backstory. So yeah, I look forward to hearing you host that one when he's in town this weekend. Um, very good. Well, um, yeah, it's good to have you back finally, Mr. Stockford. Yeah, and uh, it's been great listening along the last few weeks and uh, lots more exciting stuff to come, I think. Yeah, I was, uh, I mean, just a hat tip again to the um, to the Gone Running Joint Dynamics team. What I... Um, what a legendary performance from uh, from from that crew and uh, yeah, an impressive bunch of runners. And a, and a shout out for your your Everesting challenge. So when's when's that happening for people to come down and support? It is happening on the twelfth of December. Um, so 
it's literally in two weeks. Um, I'm pretty bloody worried about it, actually. Um, yeah, I've, I've, so effectively, for those that have run Booker Team before, it's like it's the largest hill in Singapore, but it's a very small one. Um, and it's around 135 metres elevation gain in one lap. So I have to do it about 64 times to be able to get it to the height of Everest. But the largest training session I've had so far on it is 25. And both of those sessions... One of them I ended up pissing blood and the other I was getting really bad cramps. So, yeah, the idea of doing two and a half times. Um, but maybe, maybe we can do some, some live reporting on the day. I was thinking about that, See actually. Can, yeah. yeah, I was, um, was going to bring, uh, I was going to try and record. The only thing is I have 10 minute break in between each um, five laps. And you kind of need that 10 minutes to fuel, yeah. to like sort yourself out a little bit. So... Uh, we could probably do it when people are there and I can do my shit. We'll get some footage. Yeah. yeah um, and, uh, and yeah, obviously an amazing charity that free to run. And we're, um, we're trying to get Stephanie case on the podcast as well before it's, uh, I mean, obviously based in Afghanistan, it's quite challenging for her to be able to get good Wi-Fi connection. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I was just watching a documentary last night. I'm sure many of you have seen it. If not, check it out on um, uh, Nikki, uh, the Innovate um, Barclay Marathons and uh, had Nikki, it focused on Nikki Spinks um, attempting it for the, um, uh, it was her first time, right? Wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so she teamed up a bit with Stephanie Case in that. So um, that was, uh, that was pretty cool to watch. It was good to see, see Tom O'Son and uh, make a, make a little guest appearance on that um and like he told me today that he's also got his commiseration letter for uh, for next year as well in fact get this he's got um he's got uh, the largest tv station in japan are coming out as well to well they're just waiting for approval but are going to be coming Amazing. out and, and following him on it nhk um and interestingly they're also going to be there for the four trails there's a japanese runner who's going to be doing the four trails Someone who finished like top twenty in UTMB, um, I forget his name, but anyway, he's he's doing um, four, four trials. trials, so they're, they're going to be um, the Japanese media are going to be at like, both those uh, those marquee events. But yeah, I can't. I I was actually thinking about it when I run to work. I was thinking, do you reckon? I mean, you can you can put money on anything nowadays, right? right. Can't you? I was actually thinking. The odds have got to be pr- pretty long, considering no one's finished in the last two years. Right. But oh fuck! I'd put, I'd put my money on him for sure. Just honestly, the yeah. the steely determination in that guy's eyes, and the amount of preparation and focus he has in it. Like, I think um, I think he's in with a very good chance. Um, so yeah, we'll all be. Uh, I think it's Mar- March next year. If I was just thinking as well, you know, um, today another person we need to um, uh, need to get back on is Bern Dornham um, because we we covered the Eco Challenge adventure race that that she was preparing for. We talked about it, and they've run the race, but it um, it doesn't air live on Amazon until the new year. So um, I'm wondering if what she yeah, can say. And, yeah, and can say I'm going to reach out to her, but I'm um, uh, going to find out. Certainly, when it launches, we'll get um, we'll get uh, the inside scoop from her on uh, um, on how it all went. Um, but yeah, I believe that that goes goes live in January. Good stuff. 
Excellent. Enjoy right. Laos. Uh, and, we'll uh, I hope you find some trails. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, good stuff. Thank you, Mr. Stockfish. Talk to you soon, Scott. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.